my perspective of how my views have changed about the scriptures has liberated me even more in the sense that I feel I just feel better with the way I see the scriptures now. Now this might offend but I ask that you please keep an open mind and usually when I say something and people don't like what I say they'll they won't listen anymore they won't hear the rest of my talk hear my heart on this understand my background folks that for many years over 10 years I defended inerrancy are you guys familiar with that term inerrancy if you're not familiar with that term it just means that the Bible is true without error okay that's a term inerrancy um, um, <laughs> okay now we call the Bible the Word of God many of us believe that it's all true okay now let me ask you guys a question without raising your hand so you don't get embarrassed right but just in your mind answer this question how many of you guys have read the whole Bible from cover to cover just answer that in your mind okay. some of us will say yeah some of us will say no here's the interesting thing some of us have not read it cover to cover yet we assume all of it is true why do you do that? and that's scary for people to even consider now for those of you who have read it cover to cover have you read every single verse to make sure historically that everything existed you know all those things no I really doubt it but yet we assume it's 100% true in other words it's assumed it's assumed oh but God inspired them so he didn't give them a free choice to make mistakes he override over you know over their free will in that process right now understand my heart folks on this this is why I, I do believe that there is an unhealthy in my opinion perspective of how we approach the scriptures please understand my heart that I'm not rejecting the scriptures I'm not saying you don't have to read it or whatever I mean you can do whatever you want right but if we are saying that it's 100% true first of all folks that's an assumption can we admit that it's an assumption it's hard for us to admit right if you were to believe that 100% of it is true like every word every jot and tittle it'll contradict your grace message it'll contradict your, your, your union message it'll contradict your unconditional love of God message I could guarantee that okay and I'm willing to challenge that folks because if you read the scripture with an honest heart and you're objective about reading the book without having all these presuppositions before you say everything's true in God's Word read it again specifically the Old Testament and you tell me if that looks like Jesus Christ because we, we like the cliches right oh it all points to Jesus it all points to Jesus read it again it looks nothing like Jesus at times now why do I go this far to bring up this topic folks because it could be this book is could be very dangerous this book has been used to justify war it's been used to justify slavery it's been used to justify sexism right sex slaves violence right but you know what a lot of Christians will say typical evangelical American they'll say well the Bible doesn't condone those things read it again read it again 
And I encourage people, please do your homework and stop being very naive saying it's not in there. Folks, I defended inerrancy for 10 plus years. I don't even know how long, ever since I was 17. How old am I now? 32. And I studied under some of the top apologists in, in North America here who defend inerrancy wholeheartedly. And I used to travel and speak here and there and defend inerrancy. Unfortunately, although I respect these people, their arguments don't work anymore. They don't make sense, especially with this message of grace that I have now, right? Can you please explain to me, folks, how we got rid of slavery when the Bible doesn't abolish slavery? It actually still says it's okay, just obey your masters. Can you still tell me why we have worship leaders that are girls, singers, or even preachers like Joyce Meyer, when First Timothy 2 talks about a woman shouldn't have authority or teach a man. Oh, but you know what Christians will say? They'll say, well, that's a cultural thing. No. You know how he argues in the book of Timothy? He argues by the order of creation. He says a woman should ha shouldn't teach or have authority over a man because Eve was deceived first and not Adam. So therefore, it's not a cultural thing. It's by the order of creation. So is it possible that even some of our authors did not see men and women equally, right? Can you please explain to me the violence in the Old Testament when God condoned people to go pillage towns, kill not just the men, but also the women, and even the babies and the children? And I've had people say, well, Josh, God didn't condone it. I just haven't. Read it again. This is, this is what bothers me, that people don't read it. So I challenge you, challenge me, please, please. But I, I'm trying to finally be honest with myself when I read this book and I've heard all these arguments. You know that the Bible also promotes, uh, explain to me Deuteronomy 20 and 21, right? The people go there, God tells them, I want you to go to a certain place. I want you to bring, declare peace to them. And if they don't accept your peace, kill everybody. Show no mercy. These are God's words, folks, if we want to argue for inerrancy. If you could just get one mistake in the Bible, you know inerrancy is out of the picture, it's gone. If you could just find one mistake, then there's no such thing as inerrancy. And what a lot of Christians like to do is like to say, well, we don't understand that part, it's just a mystery. <laughs> so it's really funny because we could criticize Muslims and say, well, you know, Muhammad, you know, he was a violent person. Hello, look at Moses. He ordered killing of women. Muhammad didn't do that, right? And so you, you see what I'm saying, folks? So we as Christians, we like to criticize the other religions. Say, well, your book's full of violence. Our, our book is worse, folks, if you read the violence in the Old Testament, right? In fact, if you read it even closely, you'll even notice it could even encourage polytheism, right? If you read it closely, it could even encourage uh, child sacrifice. I was just reading earlier here. God even commands the people to even eat their own children as punishment. God, as a punishment. Can you please tell me how that looks like Jesus Christ? Oh, Josh, and I've heard this from grace preachers. Some grace preacher in the Philippines said, but Josh, that's old covenant. That, doesn't, that, that argument's not very strong because that's your disgusting God. Still commanding that because he's bound to some sort of covenant to do those horrendous things. As if he's, there's a law above God to do 
those violent things. Right? He doesn't just tell them, I want you to wipe out everybody. I want you to get any woman you want after you kill all the men. You can basically get them as sex slaves or concubines. You, you have to shave off their head, cut off their nails, and then when you're done with them, you can let them go. That's in the Bible, folks. And I'm not exaggerating at all. It's there. That's scary. Now, if you want to hold to inerrancy, I really have to wonder how does that make us seem like mentally to people? They're trying to be very critical with how they read a book. Because then you can justify anything. Anything. Right? It's there. In fact, look at the stories, folks. Remember, when, 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 we, you know, when we read this book, <coughs> I even challenge the way we do hermeneutics. I don't even agree with the way we do hermeneutics. <coughs> scripture must interpret Scripture. Who says? Who says? Well, all Scripture has to be interpreted in light of Scripture. You know how silly that sounds, folks? That's just like saying getting one philosopher from one generation and another philosopher from a thousand generations and then you try to make sure they say the same thing and they're living in different parts of the world. You see how silly that sounds? This book is written over a span of thousands of years. And to say that this one has to interpret this one all the time, how does that make sense? Right? What, if I, what if I have a teaching now in America, then 5,000 years from now there's a guy in, the, in Asia that might have a similar topic. Well, let's, let's interpret in light of what Josh said. No, it's a different culture. Right? See? And also there's a, in, in the, in the um, ancient Near Eastern culture basically don't you notice those stories folks that God basically gives them victory right if they do such and such he'll give them victory in a battle did you know that during those cultures the ancient Near Eastern culture the, the, their mindset at that time was that if you sacrifice your own child to God he will give you victory in a battle that's why the battle is yours but is it possible that these people in the Old Testament that was just their worldview at that time, that if I sacrifice this child to God, then God's going to give me victory in a battle. But was it really God, or was it their minds? Because I'm telling you, you can justify anything if we believe that this everything here is God's Word. How do we make sense of the afterlife if we believe everything is God's Word and there's no contradiction when Ecclesiastes doesn't have an afterlife? In fact, they believe there is no afterlife. You guys know that, right? <laughs> they believe this is it. Oh, but in the New Testament, we talk about heaven. Yeah, but the Old Testament doesn't say that, though. It says there's nothing that happens when you die. And that's the words from that person, the author. There's a lot of problems with this, folks. That's why when, when, when Muslim apologists will point out our contradictions in our book, will say, no, 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 we can reconcile it somehow, you know, or it's a mystery. We just don't understand God's ways are higher than our ways. Let me tell you something, folks. If, if, why should we be troubled with 9-11 when we see all that stuff here in the Old Testament by God's people? I want you to imagine your, your closest family member or you're eating dinner together at the dinner table and you love them so much. Then all of a sudden you see your kids happy, blah, 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 your wife's happy. Then you see a group of people invading your home, killing all of your loved ones. Not only that, they even cut off their heads and saying, in the name of God, God has given us victory. Now, if we saw that today, we'll say, that's not from God. Right? Or if we see a tsunami now, I know us grace people say, that's not from God. Read your Old Testament. The flood. 
Now what we tend to do is that we tend to focus on the small part without seeing the bigger picture. We like, you know, when I was in New York, um, I saw a little kid's book about Noah. You know, they do it in like a little kid version, right? And it looks all cute, right? When you look at the pictures, God saved this little family. But folks, the, the rest of the world is gone. <laughs> the rest of the world is wiped out. But we like focusing on this family while wow, God's grace. The rest of the world is wiped out. What about those families? Were they really that bad? To that point? If this guy was so holy, right after that he got drunk and he had you know, incest. How much do we admire that? Right? Look, I'm, tr I'm just trying to be, as a Christian, I'm trying to be intellectually honest here. That I was telling Rod, like, I'm not even trying to copy grace preachers. I have my own perspective on things. I have my own questions to some of the grace people, too. I'm trying to say, okay, as an as a individual, how do I understand this? Even if grace preachers don't like my stuff, I want to understand this the way God has revealed it to me. Now, is it possible that, in, remember, there, before the, the Bible, there was no, there, it was just a spirit. All they had was letters. So just because we read something saying that this, you know, all scriptures God breathed, they didn't have the Bible, they had the Old Testament. Right. You guys are familiar with that, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's interesting, but we say, no, this is all the Bible. Right? But look at the Catholic Bible. It looks very different. <laughs> that's their canon. <laughs> then you have the Eastern Orthodox Church, then they have their own canon. It's, who has the ultimate word of God? And, and really, when we talk about inerrancy, folks, inerrancy is not talking about the, the, this Bible. Inerrancy is talking about the original manuscripts, which none of us have. And now we're debating about all the translations now. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is not a good book. What I'm saying is we need to approach this book objectively with a healthy perspective that this book... like I. It, I'm inerrantist, people who believe that this is all 100% true, they make these logical steps. I don't know where they get it from. Like, I'll just question something. Well, Josh, if that's not true, you can't trust the, this book then. Well, hello, have you ever read a book where you disagreed with one chapter, but the rest of the book you liked? Or do you have to throw it all out? Mm. You see, folks, they, they make these illogical leaps, you know? And then when they, in the, what they try to do is that, well, yeah, we don't understand that, so they plead mystery. Remember, if we quote the verse, God's ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts are above our thoughts, you know, people like to do that. They'll take something very bad happening, like a tsunami or 9-11. God's ways are higher than our ways. If you read the context of that verse, folks, it's talking about God's abundant mercy. It's not talking about you pick something bad, my daughter got raped, God's ways are higher than our ways. I don't know why, but He has a plan. That verse was not meant for that. It was talking about His grace, His mercy. And we have to know, if we understand what love is now, right? if we see God in the Old Testament being completely different than the way we understand love, and God's ways are just too high for us, we wouldn't know what love is, folks. Because doesn't the Bible say that God is love and that we should love others the way God loves us? But if God loves us, and we should mimic the way God loves people, then there's nothing wrong to justify murder, rape, Sex slaves, slavery, even racism. Read the Old Testament with the Israelites. God shows no favoritism, folks. But yet when you read in the Old Testament, there is favoritism. <laughs> right? This is scary for some people, and I understand. Because like I said, I defended er inerrancy for my, most of my life, basically, my adult life. So when I look at this book, I like what Brian McLaren said. 
he was saying, is it possible that we, we, we misunderstood this book and we treat it like a constitution? Because isn't it easy to just quote this book and it just shuts everybody up, there's no more conversation. Well, what do you think about homosexuality? Well, the Bible says, that settles it. Oh, what do you think about abortion or stem cell research? Well, the Bible says this. Well, then I guess I can't think this through, right? Because the Bible says it. And we've lost the conversation. We've lost the dialogue. Well, we treat it like a constitution with a bunch of laws, which are our Bible verses. And then we just can't think anymore. Right? The Bible says, the Bible says, right? Or can we look at the Bible as not a constitution, but as a library? where you see a collection of letters and stories and narratives and teachings of people at a certain time in history that experienced God, where sometimes they got it right, sometimes they got it wrong, just like us. We write books, we write letters, we write emails inspired by God. We are people of the new covenant. Like we like to claim that we have the spirit and all that stuff. If we who are under the new covenant are able to make mistakes, why do we assume that those that wrote the Bible in the old from thousands of years ago, folks, that had a very barbaric mentality, right? That they never make mistakes. Really? So they must have all agreed somehow in history. You know, the time of Moses up until Paul, they must have agreed. Yeah, everything's written. That's going to become the Bible. <laughs> you know. So once again, I read this book because I, people have experienced God. So I'm not getting rid of it. So I'm not saying, you know, there's a guy named Marcion. He, he basically took out the Old Testament because of the violence and stuff. He, he just couldn't reconcile it with God's love. And I, and I could sympathize with that. But for me, the reason why I still keep it in the book is not because I agree saying it's all God. I'm saying people have experienced God. We can learn from their bad choices there are mistakes, but just because people perceive God a certain way, folks, we're charismatics, for lack of a better word, right? If we believe in this whole Holy Spirit stuff, right? If Haven't you met people who say, God told me? God told me to marry you. I had a dream. <laughs> That's right? a dangerous one. <laughs> now, if we, if we, under the new covenant, who hear from God, can make mistakes, why can't we be open to the fact that some of these people didn't hear from God, too? and put their own paradigm, their own worldview of how they understood stuff within that context. Right? It would just make more sense. Right? And that's why Christ was the one that almost basically contradicts a lot of the Old Testament. It says, you've heard it said, you've heard it said, you've heard it said, eye for an eye, do for do. I tell you, turn the other cheek. Right? And that's funny because that was in the law. And a lot of grace preachers that I've noticed, that Christ fulfilled the law perfectly. And I used to preach that too. No, he didn't. Read the Gospels again. He actually broke it. <laughs> but penal substitution, where we make it seem like he was just, you know, vicariously, he lived as us to some extent. It's like he fulfilled everything in the law. No, he healed people, right, on, on the Sabbath. Remember the lady who, who uh, uh, was caught in adultery? She's supposed to be stoned according to the law. If Christ was really going to fulfill the law, he should have let her get stoned at the very moment because he didn't die on the cross yet. It, he didn't say it's finished. <clears throat> that was still later on. Right? So was it possible that a lot of these things that people heard in the Old Testament, they say, God says, was it really God? Because I even hesitate. I, t I told my wife this. I said, you know, when we have kids, I'm even hesitant to just let them read it right away. Honestly, I'm hesitant. Unless they have a, a, a proper understanding of how to approach a book. 
Because folks, look at us, we're already in our 30s, 40s, 50s, we still don't get all of this stuff. To make it seem like a child can understand, look at the words of Jesus, they're very hard to understand. They even have something called the hard sayings of Jesus, you know? So true, some, some things, you know what's clear? The gospel. But that's something, whether you know the scriptures or not, you know that intuitively because His Holy Spirit's already there. And the scriptures, interpreted correctly, will just confirm the truth of what you already believe here. Because I don't need a Bible verse to tell me don't murder or cheat on my wife. I don't need a Bible verse for that. But imagine if I did. And I cheat on her, or I, I murder someone, and says, why did you do that? I didn't know. I didn't have a Bible. <laughs> right? Or I already knew because love is in my heart, but I didn't listen. Right? Now everyone is responsible now because whether they have a Bible or not. This book is to reveal the person of Christ where, when some people got it right. But I'm willing to challenge that some of them got some of it wrong. You will, you will struggle with even some New Testament books that are more judgmental too. Right? See folks, there's nothing wrong with, I would call it a progression. That there's this revelation that's going on throughout history, not where God is changing, but where we're changing. We're finally getting it now. And we have to come to a point and recognize that we haven't figured it all out, and we won't. Right? And we look at the generation of our children and our grandchildren. They're going to have a higher and bigger perception of God than we do. Because it's not that God's been holding out, but it's because we're finally growing and understanding His heart fully. And I like what Brian McLaren was saying one time. He says, imagine... You go on a, uh, uh, in a time machine, I'm just making up this year, Maybe, let's just say 2030, right, which is not too far from now. Imagine that we're on a talk show and we're being interviewed as people from 2013. And these are all religious people, Christians and all that stuff who love God. And imagine they go up to you and say, hey, 2013, I used to hear that you guys were against, war. you know, you guys were pro-war. That's crazy because we don't do that now. Oh, I heard that you guys were against gays and gays can't go to heaven, right? Because, folks, it was even interesting that you were even telling me, or someone was telling me about, like, not too long ago, even women weren't even accepted in certain places. Some women weren't even accepted to be preachers. Joyce Meyer, the exception. But culturally, blacks in churches. That was you. That was telling me, right? Even blacks couldn't be accepted by Christians. So it's not that God's changes. I changed my mind. Now I accept blacks, <laughs> you know? But it's like we're finally growing. And that's why we can't claim to say we finally arrived and we get all that. I don't think we do. At least I'm claiming that I don't. And I hope that my kids and my grandkids will have a bigger view of God and a more inclusive understanding of this world that will make this world a better place instead of trying to live for another world and, you know, and try to escape this world instead of trying to live together. Whether you believe in the second coming or not, I'm focusing on the here and now because I believe that's what Christ focused on was the kingdom of God here and now. Right. If you want to say he could come any minute, whatever, it's been forever, right? Might not even be for another 2,000 years, whatever. I don't know. But I'm just here to focus. How could we live better now with people who don't agree with us, Christian and non-Christian? And like I said, our view of God and our view of our scriptures will make an impact of how we do it because this will divide. This divides Christians, folks. Can you believe 30,000 plus denominations and sects and we're all preaching from the same book, the Word of God that's supposed to be very crystal clear. Us grace preachers can't even agree with each other. But I'm not saying that there's no truth. 
All I'm saying is we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to see the discoveries of science to see if things are matching up, right? Because it's not a cultural thing. Like I said, women shouldn't, Darlene Check from Hillsong, she shouldn't be singing according to the Bible. She should be silent. Remember, it's not a cultural thing. I'm giving you the argument that he used. He didn't say, stay silent because that's the culture or the women were being loud. I've heard, I've read all those commentaries. It's argued there. Don't have authority and don't teach women because Adam was created first and you were deceived first. That's, that's an argument from creation. That's not a cultural argument. You guys seeing that before? And, and I think that as I share this with you, unless you guys already are on the same page, I'm not sure, you'll start noticing that more now. You know, it's kind of like when you first get into grace, you start seeing it all of a sudden, but before that you don't see. <laughs> right? So when you start reading the Old Testament, oh man, it's, it's, it could be pretty ugly if we're just going to be honest with ourselves. I mean, it's this, honestly, it's actually some places disgust me. I'm willing to say that. Right? But I respect it as history. But as a matter of interpretation, let's talk about it. Mm. Right? I'm not denying history. Right? You could believe in a flood, you could believe in this and that, but if you believed in a flood now, which is a, you could believe a tsunami, right? Why, why don't you claim that it's God's judgment? Why not? Why not have the gay people wiped out here in San Francisco or wherever? Why not? We have biblical justification for it. God doesn't change, right? Or did the new covenant change God's mind? But I thought it's not supposed to change God's mind, it's supposed to change ours. Oh no, it's confusing now. And we, and we have to reconcile it too. I mean, I, the reason why I'm so big on this is because like, we, we just, we do want to dismiss it at times. We ignore it. You will not hear a pastor preach, you know, they wiped out the Amalekites, you know, like that. Killed all the children, don't leave anybody alive, show no mercy. That doesn't seem like the point to Christ, to me. Right? So my understanding with the road to Emmaus, when Christ was saying that those things spoke about him, my personal opinion, it's not referring to the entire Old Testament, but just certain prophecies yeah. about yeah. things. Yeah. Right, but not everything. So that, that's the thing. How do we deal with this? I do believe Christ is the most superior revelation of all. It says that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. And that's why those people who are so stuck on the laws that are not just the Ten Commandments, you know they were so in detail. Like everything that we would probably do these days was an abomination at that time. You know, it's wild and it deserved death. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? <coughs> yeah, we deserve to be stoned. So was that really the heart of the Father? At that time, under that covenant? Right? That, these are the things that we have to come think about this, folks, because this is a book that we defend as God's Word. Now, here's my opinion about that. This is not, I don't believe this is, I don't like using that terminology, in my opinion, and you guys feel free to disagree. I believe the only word is Christ, ultimately. These are man's words about God, where they were inspired by Him. Right, but ultimately the word became flesh, not paper. In the beginning was not this book. In the beginning was Christ. Right, and then once I said, just imagine if if we decided to have another Bible. This is this is the way I think it was. The people that put this book together too, folks. We have to keep in mind they had an agenda too. They had a biases. Just imagine people nowadays. You get people like Mark Driscoll, John Piper. Let's get some Calvinists together, right? and all these other big timers, and Francis Chan, Rick Warren, or whatever. And imagine that we're, they're writing letters to each other, talking about their own experiences with God. Say, hey, let's put it all together. Would you agree with 100% of what they said, especially with their Calvinistic bias, some of them? Probably not, unless you're a Calvinist and it's all good. But, but, but 
everyone has a bias. But they still have some truths that we can glean from by our understanding of God's grace and love and through the finished work of Christ and through Christ. <coughs> right? So for me, I, I, I don't see... I, I do believe it's an authority. So people say, well, where's the authority? There? But authority doesn't mean control and don't think. I could be an authority on something because I know what I'm talking about, but that doesn't mean I can never make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right? But like I said, when we treat this like a constitution, we use it as ammo to shut people up. Because the Bible says, folks, this, does, this is not basic instruction before leaving earth. I'm sorry. It's not basic, number one. And it doesn't deal with every aspect of life. It doesn't address stem cell research. To me, it's not clear on homosexuality. Right? And there's so many topics in here, folks, that we tend to exaggerate, in my opinion, as Christians. It is, it's the answer to everything. No, it's not. You're treating it like it's God. But it does share some experiences of people who have experienced God, mm-hmm. who got it right and got it wrong at times, right? Remember, there's a lot of people in that the, the authors of the scriptures. They had their own mistakes. They they were people people of their culture and their time. It was a very patriarchal culture. In America, it's not as patriarchal, although some people could have that mindset at times. Right? It's a patriarchal culture. It's easy to pull out the God card. God told me card. God said. God said. It's easy. It, it's basically once you say God told me, you just have to shut up. You can't argue with God, mm-hmm. right? So as my wife was saying, is it possible, possible, that some of the authors of Scripture might have not have heard God properly, especially with the commands of violence? Also, keep in mind, if we really want to hold to it as all true, how do you explain the times when God was determined to kill Ahab the king? What did He send? A lying spirit to purposely deceive him, right? And he ended up losing the battle. If God is able to purposely deceive you and send lying spirits, how can you trust this then? Being 100%. What if he's... It says, I intentionally gave them bad commands. It says that in the Bible. So if he was willing to give bad commands and deceive and send lying spirits, what makes you think he won't do that now? Like, we, like I said before, it's all about the remembering, like when you got into grace or whatever. It's like you, you've always known that. But we just didn't pay attention to what we were feeling, the stuff that we were reading, the sermons we were hearing. Like, no, nah, man. But we just accepted it. So with the stuff that I'm sharing, I guess at this point on, when you're reading the Bible and something doesn't bear witness, okay, maybe we could be deceived too because of our worldview. But at the same time, don't just throw away your, what, you're, what you're sensing if you just don't accept it right away you might be onto something of you carrying the heart of God and maybe that character in the Bible didn't get it, right? So, I mean, I, I know I gave a lot today, folks. My, my, my point is not to, not to make you stay confused, okay? But my point is, is that, like I, what I was telling Rod yesterday, I do this because this has helped me. And if it doesn't help you, screw it, throw it out, okay? But this makes me understand, like, yeah, God is not like that. He's not like that. Right? So for me, I, I haven't, I don't think I've diminished my energy, you know, I'm not saying throw this out. But for me, I just feel like, yeah, I think it's, it even makes God bigger because God is not like that. And those people assume that it was probably God. The, the Bible's part of the Holy Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures, where it's like the, the Word became uh, paper and published among us, you know, something like that. It's like if you were in a desert and you had no Bible, would you still be okay? <laughs> 
Some people, I can't be without my word. Then you, your word has become your God. Mm. Yeah. Right? True. Because to me, this, that book, I respect it. But that's not my God. Mm-hmm. And actually, many times, that book confuses me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just being dead honest. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we talk about that, it's so clear. It's not always clear, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's a conversation that I think we should start talking about as Christians with each other because I think it's, it's, it's very important. We're here to challenge and help people. You know, we're not just here to just challenge you and get you confused. That's why we have these discussions say, what if we could look at it in a different way and they can make you understand God in a better way?